0: by using promo code Bill at checkout. So please go to fastgrowingtrees.com. Use promo code Bill at checkout. Everything is expensive these days. You know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. Carrie Lake joins us now from London, England, where she, I, she was telling me before the interview, her sister lives over there. So you were lucky enough to see King Charles had that big thing on his head. You know, I thought he was gonna get a concussion wearing that big thing.
2: That's thing, I love it. The crown, yes. Well, we've been in Europe. Um, I was doing some of the speaking at the CPAC event in Hungary, which is a beautiful, amazing country. Budapest is one of the most beautiful, safe cities I've ever had the pleasure of um, touring through. And then we decided to swing through London. We've done some media over here and to see a little bit of history unfolding. Like you, Bill, I love history. And uh, I'm, I'm while well, I'm so glad that we broke free from the tyrants, you know, back in 1776, it's wonderful to see history in a moment like that. And and it was great to be with all of the um, ever so polite and, and charming uh, folks from England, the British people, on this uh, historic occasion.
0: Yeah, good. I'm glad you had a good time over there. Uh, I lived in England for a year. I respect their traditions, but if it were me, I would have thrown uh, Charles's crown into Boston Harbor. I mean, I'm not big on uh, being a subject to anybody as you probably know have you well, between me and you between just me and you i agree with you on that yeah, and that's I mean, why- most americans we're happy we're we're not subjects we're citizens right. have you discussed the vice presidency with donald trump i know you were down to mar-a-lago a few weeks ago
2: no you know i talked to president trump um quite frequently and uh as you know i'm a big supporter of his And we haven't talked about that. I think one time the word vice president ever came up and he was actually giving me kudos for an answer I'd given many, many months ago during the campaign when the press was starting to hound me about, are you going to leave if you're elected governor and and become vice president? And I said something like, well, I'm flattered that you would ask that because just a few months ago you were acting like I wasn't even worthy of running for governor. And now all of a sudden you're worried I'm going to, you know, win and leave to become vice president. Uh, and I said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be your worst nightmare for eight years. I'm going to be the press worst nightmare for eight years as governor. And so um, he was kind of, he chuckled at that and thought it was a funny answer. Frankly, I don't think he needs a vice president. If there's ever one president who's been <laughs> strong enough to leave without one, it's Donald Trump. Yeah, but I got to tell
0: you, I know that situation pretty well, as I'm sure you understand. Uh, Pence helped him. I mean, that th- fell apart at the end over the crazy election stuff. But Pence helped uh, Trump. And they, uh, they were in frequent contact. Pence wasn't Kamala Harris, who they just want to get out of the way. Pence was smart. So anyway, it'll be interesting to see. I think um, Trump would, would like to put a woman on the second. Um, think and, about Kamala
2: Harris, though. She's, she might be hated more than Joe Biden. So maybe well, that's a good key it's for a him bad to have. Word,
0: though. Nobody people should hate, it. It was worse. Nobody should hate Kamala Harris. She's incompetent in over her exactly. head. Those are right. all true. Now you're an interesting study uh, to me, because you anchored the news on a Fox affiliate in Phoenix for 20 years. Everybody in the state knew you. Um, and for people to say, "Well, why would you want to run or you shouldn't run?" I mean, you know more about the state than probably anybody else. Having that kind of experience on your sheet. Um, when you were involved in the campaign against Hobbes, two women running, the Arizona Republic and
2: some of the other media were against you. Do I have that right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I okay. got the Trump treatment. I got the Trump treatment in the media from the start. I'm an outsider. Why, Why an outsider. though?
0: Arizona isn't California. It's not New York where I am. Arizona is kind of a in-the-middle state with a very
2: big conservative base. So why were they after you? Well, they don't want outsiders, Bill. I mean, let's face it, there's the uniparty and there's America first. And and sad to say, I hate to say it, there's a lot of Republicans in the uniparty. And the people behind our our corrupt elections were, were these rhino Republicans. And President Trump is having to go to battle with some of them as well. They don't want outsiders. They wanna protect the political apparatus as it stands. They're the political elite. They're worried about patting their own pockets, lining their pockets, and they really don't care at all about the American people. And that's why President Trump was such a breath of fresh air. He came in and immediately started fighting for the American people. And that's why they're doing everything they can to try to stop him. He is, is an existential threat. But these. let's let's
0: talk about you. I mean, Trump, it's plenty of airtime. Let's talk about you. I was surprised you lost because of the border. I mean, Arizona is a much smaller state than Texas, which is a much lower budget, and the impact of millions of migrants coming into this country has influenced every single person in your state. Yet, mm-hmm. Hobbs, who won by, you know, a minuscule margin, I-, I don't know why she was even the game, because she was soft on border enforcement. Are there that many
2: Arizonans who are okay with this chaos on the border? Absolutely not. They're horrified. My number one policy issue was I have had the strongest and have the strongest a border policy the country's ever seen it was uh leading very heavily on the united states constitution article one section ten which allows the states to protect the border and protect their citizens when there's an invasion and we have an invasion on our border i know you're saying i lost and that's fine you can say that this is why we're fighting it in the courts they'd sabotaged election day they intentionally printed the wrong ballots on election day and they had 61 percent of our polling locations that were non-functioning on Election Day because they knew the Republicans were showing up to vote. And that's why we're fighting it. When you have corrupt elections, we have deadly consequences. And the deadly consequences I, I, are. Listen,
0: what I'm, all I'm doing <laughs> is, is asking questions on the record, because the record is she's sitting there in Phoenix as right. the governor. And you and may if you time. if you prevail on the you know voter verification Um, then all hell breaks loose in Arizona. But we'll we'll wait and see. Um, But I don't even think it should have been close. I think you should have won that election. um, See, I don't understand the demographics of Arizona. Because if it were me, I would have voted for you only because of the immigration. I don't care about anything else. Because that had been so dramatic and adversely affected Arizona so much. But... There were millions of people who voted for your opponent, and I am not, I'm can't understand their mindset at all.
2: Well, this is why we have to get to the bottom of, of how corrupt our elections are. They were corrupt in 2020 and 22, and I'm fighting it. I, I will not back down. We know what happened in Arizona. We know we actually won by a landslide. It wasn't a slim margin, but we'll continue to fight that in the courts. All right, that would be the biggest scandal in American history if that is borne have- out. Um, we that's have this on our hands. And in three days time, when Title 42 is stripped away, we are going to see an invasion and it's going to shock America. It's going to shock. Absolutely. people. Absolutely. That's, that's, even- and the Biden White House is going to take it again because of their
0: um, incompetence. And that's all it is. In
2: Bill. They're partners with the cartels, okay? When no, you go down to they're the border, not partners with the they're cartels. Not, no, no. If they're not doing anything on the border to secure they're the people. They're not doing anything,
0: not- but they're not in bed with the cartels. Joe Biden doesn't care, number one, and isn't at this point in his life able to problem solve on any
2: level. So he told everybody, gone. come on, come on over. The borders are wide open. Absolutely and
0: he, encouraged it. And the cartel picked that up and the drugs are coming in and the people are coming in and it's a disaster. And just for that reason alone, Biden shouldn't even run again. But we live in a, in a country that's uh, changing dramatically. Last question for you. Um, if you don't prevail, Uh, In your lawsuit against Arizona and the vote and. um, You don't get the nod or the call from Donald Trump and I wouldn't put it past him to to
2: contact you about the VP. What are you going to do? Well, you know, I'm not somebody who's waiting to be VP. I mean, I, I love President Trump because I, I love his policies. I love what he did. I love that he's a fighter. We need more fighters in the Republican Party, and frankly, in politics, we need people who will step forward and fight for the people. And so, I'm doing whatever I can to help him. I'm, I, I, I absolutely feel that he's right, the so best. So you'll person. campaign for him, and you'll be involved in the I Trump 24. Possible. I may, um, if if we do not get the results people of Arizona deserve in this election case, I may consider running for Senate. That's no secret. I've talked about that before. In the back of my mind, we have a Senate seat that's going to be a three-way race between Kyrsten Sinema, who is a Joe Biden puppet, and also between Ruben Gallego, who is a Marxist socialist and maybe even hinging on communist. And we need somebody who's going to fight for the people of Arizona. So that's uh, something I'm, I'm right. seriously. We'll concerned. take a look. And when do you have to declare for that if you're going to do it? Uh, early next year, I think by April or something like that. By so 24. there's really. So you got time. All it right, Miss
0: Lake, we really appreciate uh, you coming on and you're welcome anytime. Um, you know, so just you know, you're you awesome got some, something you want to say you. or uh, when the. Uh, Final Supreme Court ruling comes down in Arizona. And it's the Supreme Court of Arizona, by the way, that's considering this case. We're happy to have you back.
2: We're going to take this all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court okay, as well. Good. And I'd love to come on when we do that. And we just have Absolutely. a book that you can find out. That'll be fascinating. And Listen, so-
0: I would do the same thing if I believe that I didn't get a fair shake. I would do exactly the same thing. And we appreciate it. Safe trip home from uh, London. Appreciate it. Thank you.
4: Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org.
1: You're listening to the No Spin News Weekend Edition.
0: Okay, woke, which ties in with the far left. So there was a recent op-ed in the Wall Street Journal. I want to read you a uh, part of it. It says, quote, in 2018, BlackRock's Larry Fink encourage CEOs to serve a social purpose beyond financial performance. This new trend pushed many companies, including Anheuser-Busch, away from delivering value to shareholders and towards stakeholder capitalism in which companies serve all the stakeholders, including customers, suppliers, employees, and communities. To implement this shift, companies like BlackRock tout ESG environmental, social and governance reporting. It was written by Anson Freericks who is a former uh, Anheuser-Busch executive, and he joins us now from Columbus, Ohio. Did you get any pushback on that op-ed? anybody call you a fascist or anything like that?
5: Not yet, Bill. Luckily, there's still a lot of American free market capitalists out there that believe that companies should be focused on their shareholders, creating great product services that have their customers come back to them because they're loyal to the brand as opposed to the stakeholder capitalism model that Black are pushing, that they want companies to be holding to activist and political figures. So
2: okay. luckily not well, yet. I'm sure they're I'm out glad. there. You, but I'm so glad nobody, so
0: but nobody came in. Well, you're in Columbus, Ohio. So if you were in San Francisco or in L.A., it'd be a different story. Now, you worked for Anheuser-Busch for 11 years. Okay, Were you surprised that they hired this Dylan Mulvaney, this trans person, to market Bud Light? Did that surprise you when you first saw it?
5: It surprised me when I first saw it, but really how the company has transformed itself over the last five years, on on reflection, I wasn't that surprised. This is an organization that had been based in St. Louis, Missouri for over 100 years. Yet seven years ago, they moved their sales marketing organization to New York City, hired a lot of people from New York City, hired a lot of marketing agencies from New York City, and adopted a stakeholder capitalism. And then by virtue of that, ESG, DEI, et cetera, and even changed the values of the company over the last five years used to be a company that's all about meritocracy. Yet all of a sudden now they changed in their values to be not necessarily about hiring the best and the brightest, but actually measuring people on things like the diversity of their teams, the inclusiveness of their teams. And unfortunately, that's permeated really the entire organization, Bill. Okay. And that's what and led I, to this outcome.
0: We should note that they fired their marketing in New York City because now they're in trouble losing billions of dollars. Now, when you have a situation where the company's philosophy changes that comes from the board of directors and the ceo right
5: it does come from the board of directors and the ceo but unfortunately that is foisted on them by companies like blackrock state street vanguard that manage 20 trillion dollars worth of capital they're the single largest shareholder in 95 percent of the s p 500 companies and so therefore they're foisting this agenda onto most major corporations okay most people most people
0: don't understand what you're saying um blackrock is a financial corporation based in New York City, right? They buy Correct. shares of companies all around, right? Correct. Okay. And the worst and part about
5: this of is they don't use their own money. This isn't like Bill Gates or George no, Soros. people
0: invest money in the BlackRock. So now their choice of investment, buying shares in anheuser Bush or anything, is partially based on whether it's a woke company or not. Is that what you're telling me?
5: So what I'm saying is, is that BlackRock and others, they've adopted these political agendas and they manage $20 trillion of capital. It's your money, Bill. It's your 401k. It's in your pension fund. If you have a pension fund, they're using that capital to tell companies like Anheuser-Busch to adopt ESG, environmental social governance standards. Well, what if Anheuser-Busch says
0: we're not going to do it? Then what happens? What does BlackRock do to them? So what does BlackRock
5: do to them? Well, they say that we're not going to invest additional dollars into your company. investors are going to pull out because you don't have a good ESG score because your corporate equality index score has declined. So they're using a lot of these scoring mechanisms to allocate additional capital to companies and then punishing them when they are not actually abiding by sort of getting certain scores or goals.
0: So it's basically extortion. You do what we want you to do. BlackRock is saying we're going to pull our investments out of your corporations, weakening your financial portfolio. That's extortion.
5: That's basically it. I mean, it's, 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 it's not only BlackRock, but it's Vanguard, it's State Street, it's Goldman Sachs. I mean, you go down the entire list of companies. I mean, frankly, that's why I left Anheuser-Busch is to create an alternative asset management company that, called Strive. And all we do is we're trying to have companies focus on corporate excellence, period. We believe in shareholder capitalism. If you're a beer company, create beer. Don't necessarily get involved in politics. Yeah, I think it's like horrible Disney, myself.
0: So um, Anson's company, is uh, he's the co-founder and president, is Strive, S-T-R-I-V-E, asset management based in Columbus. Final question for you. Um, we're living in a, as you heard in my um, remarks earlier in the program, we're living in a country where the woke and the far left has assumed a lot more power than most people, I think, want them to. It's not like the majority of Americans are woke, and we're seeing that with Anheuser-Busch and Bud Light. I mean, they're losing billions of dollars because they did this and people were offended. But the guys at the top, the BlackRock guys, the people behind Biden, the George Soros people, they got so much money and so much power they can basically push this country into a direction that most people don't want it to go. Do you agree with that?
5: They do have all that money and they do have a lot of the power. One of the reasons we created Strive is now giving people an alternative to push back. And luckily we're starting to see a lot of states starting to push back, states like Florida, states like Texas, states like Indiana. But now we're also giving people, everyday citizens, firefighters, doctors, police officers, et cetera, the ability to invest their capital to put it behind a cause like Strive that's going to be able to just maximize the value of their investments, not necessarily advance a progressive agenda like you're seeing at the BlackRock States through Vanguard. So finally, we're starting to see the pendulum swing back. We've had a little bit of success so far, long way to still go. But I think there's a hunger and a desire for people to be able to vote their dollars and be able to put it behind asset managers that better reflect what, what they want to see companies do, which is again, maximize value, not necessarily advance
0: progressive values. I appreciate it, Anson. Now we know why the, why is always the most important thing. Thanks for helping us out today. Spring is the perfect time to make smart financial moves, like getting life insurance to protect your family. Did you know that 46% of Americans expect to leave behind debt policy genius life insurance? spring into action, and secure your family's future. With Policy Genius. you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 a year for $1 million of coverage. Head to PolicyGenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes. That's PolicyGenius.com. Sorting through your expenses, estimated payments, and all those tax deductions can be overwhelming, might even lead to a failure to file and failure to pay penalties that pile up on your tax debt. The attorneys at Tax Network USA have been lifesavers for many Americans. Their team has successfully saved clients more than $1 billion in tax debt, a billion. Whether you're in the hole for 10,000 or 10 million, they are ready to help. The expert attorneys and tax professionals at Tax Network USA are equipped to secure the best settlement for you and help you resolve all tax cases. So please go to taxnetworkusa.com bill, or you can call 1-800-245-6000. These debt relief programs are expected to change, so get started now. Please go to taxnetworkusa.com slash bill, or you can call 1-800-245-6000. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you.
1: This is the No Spin News Weekend Edition.
0: All right, so let's bring in a guy, you know, an honest man, and that's really all I ask my guests, to be honest. I want them to be smart, and I want them to have information to pass along to you that you don't know. And Brett Tallman has consistently done that, former U.S. attorney from Utah. He joins us tonight from Keystone, South Dakota. Okay, so what's the headline of the... Republican committee press conference this morning for you as a former prosecutor.
6: A couple of things. <clears throat> the one you hit perfectly, and that is they're doing the, the business of the Department of Justice. Um, this, this screams for the, the, the investigators that know this world and, and the IRS and the task force, the financial fraud task force, um, is well-equipped to, to dig into these numbers. And, and that's, that's the first and foremost thing. It's, it's, it's so unusual Bill, to see a group of politicians stand there and talking about it. And, and it does a disservice to what they're actually finding. Um, the second thing that jumps out to me that was pretty staggering was <clears throat> it's not just the amount of money, the $10 million, it's the 25-plus LLCs that are formed and the effort <clears throat> to move the money. If they, if Hunter Biden is a consultant and he's getting paid by other foreign countries and it's all, it's all, um, you know, appropriate and, and lawful, and then he's he's a consultant that receives the checks and they come to him, and if he wants to give that to some of his family members, he may do so, but there are tax consequences. That's not what they did. They set up a syndicate of companies so that they could launder the money, and and it's very, it's coming very very close to me saying. Unless they show that they paid taxes, all the ones that received it, it's not just tax cr- criminal liability and exposure. It's actually a conspiracy to mo- money launder and to gain that, those proceeds from countries that they shouldn't be, or if they are, they should be reporting. And so it's a, it's a criminal enterprise at this point. And, and you have racketeering concerns for, for uh, this kind of conduct.
0: Okay. What's this FBI memo? that they're gonna subpoena, the House Oversight Committee wants to subpoena it. What is this FBI memo?
6: So I had suspected that it was a, was a 302 form. I think it's something similar if it's not, and, and that would be a form of an intake form. Somebody calls the FBI or somebody says, hey, I wanna, I wanna tell you something about the Bidens that I, I, I believe is evidence of, of criminality so they take down that information and they should be following up with it what we what we're informed from Grassley and you know who's very serious about this is he believes that it is valid that it has credibility and they want answers as to whether or not it's been buried if in fact it outlines that Joe Biden was part of a scheme receiving money in exchange for favors that he might be able to accomplish as vice president then you bring into play all kinds of criminal behavior, including possibly treason.
0: OK, so somebody, a whistleblower, somebody else contacted the FBI with information about Joe Biden, that he may have done something illegal or whatever. OK, the FBI had a memorialized that in writing. That's the memo. But nobody's seen the memo outside of the bureau. Is that where we are on it?
6: Well, my, my guess is bill that the upper echelon in the Department of Justice has seen that memo. It 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 is one that there are requirements when there are allegations, credible allegations that come in, there are requirements that Director Ray would have to see that and that he would have to communicate to at least the deputy attorney general if not the attorney general.
0: Okay, but they, Ray doesn't have to say it's credible. That's the that you know, that's the dodge. He goes, ah, I don't think this is credible. Put it in the bottom drawer. And that's what they're, um, the, the Republicans are kind of uh, suggesting, that the FBI isn't, didn't act on this and put it away. And now they want to see it. And they'll be able to get that memo by subpoena, correct?
6: They will be able to. I mean, right, they're going to they're going to they, that is big. They right. will try to dodge it, try to say it's an ongoing investigation, yeah, but it's yeah. clearly going to be obtainable.
0: Okay. Um, final thing. Um, Hannity and I went back and forth today, and it's his show, so he can he gets the lion share of the airtime. Uh, I said that right now. It would be unfair to convict Joe Biden of any crime. There is not that level of evidence yet. Ethical violation, yes. Criminality, not there yet. Do you disagree?
6: I do not disagree. Criminal law requires specific intent. So what we don't know yet is did Hunter Biden lie to his father and give him money and tell him it was legitimate or did somebody else? What was the intent and what did he know? And and, and until you have those, you can't you can't get a conviction on an individual.
0: Okay, let's shift over to Trump. So uh, yesterday, a civil jury found him liable for uh, misbehavior, put it whatever you want, and defamation, $5 million to a woman named E. Jean Carroll. Um, Trump denies even knowing the woman, says, I didn't do it. This is all political. It's a witch hunt, on and on and on. Nobody knows what happened. That doesn't stop people from convicting Trump because that's what they do. It doesn't stop people from convicting Joe Biden because that's what they do. You hate a guy, you're gonna convict him. But here, my observations, and I want you to comment on each one. First of all, it was not known widely that a man named Reed Hoffman, a billionaire, far left guy associated with George Soros and Jeffrey Epstein, believe it or not, financed Eugene Carroll's case. He paid for it all. Okay? That was not widely reported. So, right away, we have a political component. Correct.
6: Yes, absolutely. I mean, this this is one of the unseemly things about it, because you can't gain confidence in her interviews and and all of her allegations that she that she was, um, you know, going to be able to, to sustain a, a fight against Donald Trump in litigation. And, you know, it's one thing for lawyers to take it on contingency and finance it. It's a totally different thing. Um, issue when somebody comes in and actually pays for a case like this because right. the lawyers aren't they're not getting a contingency so yeah, how I would confident like to know in their case
0: and I would like to know if the people who testified on behalf of Ms Carroll were paid as well I don't know that correct The second thing is that she Ms. Uh Carroll could not even identify the year in which this uh, assault alleged assault took place now. Her testimony is, I'm so discombobulated, whatever, but I'll tell you what I believe. If she had pinpointed a day when it happened, and Trump had been out at New York that day, the case blows up. So it's better not to yeah. say, I, I don't know when it happened. It seems to me very, very suspicious, Now I'll put myself on a jury now, if a person was assaulted, you don't know when it happened? That... Is almost impossible for me as a juror to believe.
6: Yeah, it is. It, it, it leads me to think that there was more jury nullification going on than anything else in this case, where they were willing to ignore a lot of the deficiencies in the testimony, a lot of the inaccuracies. Inac- uh, And quite frankly, she she very, very compromised even the the coherent parts of her her testimony to begin with. So the jury had to find something and they did it more based on emotion, my guess is, than they did on the facts or the law.
0: Now, do you believe that uh, Trump will have this overturned on appeal?
6: There's a really strong argument whenever the judge limits the scope of cross-examination like it happened. Um, that's that's something, Bill, that you just don't see in in cases. Well, explain that. How did the judge like limit? Cro-
0: how did the judge limit cross-examination?
6: So the, the judge refused to allow the, the defense attorneys for for President Trump to actually go into in a lot more detail. With the witness, um, the area that it allegedly happened to present evidence uh, that there were not people there at the time or that it, it couldn't have happened at the location that was was being suggested. So anytime you see that sort of limitation, you think on appeal, the court may say, hey, you know, it's a low threshold. Uh, we get this isn't beyond reasonable doubt. And because of that, you've got to give deference to the defense attorneys to actually explore with a witness, you know, much fuller than, than the judge may have. That's right. the so only think, vulnerability
0: I see. You think that he has a chance on appeal? I do, yep. All right. Um, this case is very similar to Paula Jones's case against President Clinton. It's almost identical. Now, the Jones case was settled by Clinton. He settled it out. But the accusations were public, and it did not hurt Bill Clinton as far as being reelected um, to the presidency. So I do want to point that out. I mean, people say that Trump this, 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 and anything. but remember the Paula Jones thing. Do you know any difference between what Paula Jones alleged and what E. Jean Carroll alleged? Is there anything I'm missing here? I want to be fair. Uh,
6: it, it seemed that the Paula Jones had a little better... Um sort of foundation in terms of when, where, and what happened. Um, much more consistency, at least it seemed, even though there was fuzziness on the details. So I actually gave more credibility to Paula Jones' case.
0: All right. Okay, Brett, uh, thank you very much for helping us as always. And uh, stay on your toes. There's so many things happening on this Biden case, and I'm, I'm sure we'll be back. We'll be ready. In it, uh, yeah. And, and uh, very nice of you to help us out as always. We appreciate it.
7: For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free on hollywoodtakeover.com slash bill. That's hollywoodtakeover.com slash B-I-L-L.
4: I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day, And we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith.
1: Here's a gem from the No Spin News Vault. All right,
0: let's bring in Bernie Goldberg. So, you know, Bernie and I have a long history. We go way back. Bernie is now the purveyor of bernardgoldberg.com, which is a very interesting website. You ought to go there and give Bernie a hard time. Um, and he does not like Donald Trump, Mr. Goldberg. I don't like him at all. That's why I want him on, because we got Bowling, who loves Donald Trump, coming up right behind. All right. So you listen to me blow via, and that must have been painful for you for 21 minutes, Goldberg, 21 minutes on a debate. You're still breathing. You're still, I don't think you nodded off. Did I make any mistakes? Yeah. Well, I
8: I have to put something in perspective first. You said that I'm not a fan of Donald Trump. That's true. But I'm not a never-Trumper. If he would have a different character, a different personality, I'd support him. I want him to win in November. He's going to have to do it without my support, but I want him to win because I, I agree with you that if Joe Biden wins the hard left is gonna be calling the shots. Now, one of the reasons I'm not a fan of Donald Trump is since I want Republicans to win, I don't think his performance last night, to use only the latest example, helps that happen. That's why I'm not a fan of Donald Trump. It's not I'm not one of the people who, who hates him or anything else. I just think he's got a, a toxic personality and he's hurting the things I would like to see done okay
0: all right as my, far as
8: your out. as far as your i think you got a lot of it right as uh, on chris wallace i'm a big fan of chris wallace but i totally agree with you that he doesn't have to fact check everything that would be unreasonable but when joe biden says i'm not going to answer the question about packing the court. You can't just move on, you wouldn't move on, I wouldn't move on, Chris shouldn't have moved on. He says, wait a second, there's a lot at stake here. We need to know if why you won't answer the question. Your answer as to, well, it's gonna be the headline, well, maybe it is gonna be the headline, but isn't, isn't President Trump onto something when he says you're afraid of the left wing of your party, that you'll alienate them. It's one thing to be impartial and not want to get involved in the scuffle. uh, But you can't let those things, as you said, you correctly said, you can't let those things go without getting involved and saying, hold on
0: now. And that, if you do let them go, that opens the door for Trump to come in and do it, which is what happened. So you can take Trump out of it and say, look, I'm the moderator. I'll ask the question. But if you don't ask a question, you can't expect an opponent to sit there mute while uh, Joe Biden is saying, well, my son Hunter didn't do anything wrong.
8: Why? Nor, nor can you expect an opponent who is president of the United States of America to interrupt every three seconds and come off in, in I'm guessing now, because I don't know, but I would think he's going to alienate the sliver of the audience that didn't have their minds already made up, when you interrupt like that, when you come off as unpresidential as he came off, uh, that's fine with his base. I was listening to Rush Limbaugh earlier today, that's fine with Rush Limbaugh, who thinks that being civil and polite is sort of a, a weakness for Republicans. But it's the swing voters, the independent swing voters that may very well decide this election. Yeah. And I don't think interrupting... Partic- particularly
0: women, up. particularly women. You know, I said look, particularly- the first, in the first seven minutes of the debate, Trump just dominated, all right? And again, I'll go back to my analysis last night. I hope people watch it. First seven minutes, Trump was calm, facts, boom, 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 boom. But then he got increasingly frustrated uh, because of what we just said that there was this stuff coming out and it wasn't challenged questions were all over the place and nothing was getting accomplished in Trump's mind. He's a very impatient man and he doesn't have any discipline over what he says. And as you pointed out, and I think correctly, that's going to hurt him in the election. So the next question is, how badly do you believe the president hurt himself last night?
8: Let me answer it this way, Bill. If, My crystal ball broke in 2016. I'm not in the prediction business anymore. But if he loses, and I want everybody to hear the word if, if he loses, last night's debate will be a big reason for
0: that loss. Do you think COVID, I think COVID just is the the main reason. If there were no COVID and the economy had continued along the vibrant line that it was on, I think he would have walked in because I think Joe Biden is such a weak opponent.
8: I agree with that, too. Uh, you can get away with a lot when things are going well, when the economy is going well, and it's come, it's come back in spectacular fashion. Uh, you can get away with a lot. When 200,000 people plus are, die, you, have, you can't get away with as much as you could before that.
0: Yeah, and you're using the word get away and not in a pejorative, just in people will no, ignore no, no, certain no. things. Right, I just want to make sure of that.
8: Yeah, thanks. I think people will be more apt to cut you slack and, and, and give you a break and minimize what I and many, many others see as the defects in your personality, as long as it's the lowest unemployment in, in many, many years. Right for white people, for black people, for women people, for men people, for black people, for Hispanic people, for Asian people, they'll cut you a lot of slack. But when things aren't going as that well with COVID, for instance, they, I I believe they won't cut you as much slack. I think
0: you're right on that. Yeah. All right, but I'm voting the country. I'm not voting. guys here. I'm voting the country here. Bernie Goldberg, you can find him at bernardgoldberg.com. Appreciate it. It's always, good to see you, Bernie. Next. The other side. So Bowling is the host of America This Week and United We Stand on the Sinclair Broadcast Band. And you can go to his Facebook page, and then you can see Eric Bowling and what he does and how he does it. And Extremely impressive bowling, your Facebook page. Okay, so uh, I say that Donald Trump did not help himself last night. I think the polling will reflect that coming up, you say?
9: I say, usually you're right in this time, you're wrong. This is a replay of 2016. You know, I listen to Bernie Goldberg being non-committal across the board as usual, as he was in 2016. Here's what's going on. You can watch these debates and try and figure out who's winning, who did themselves right and wrong. It doesn't really matter. Because how many times, Bill, have you had people come up to you? I've had it hundreds of times, maybe more, maybe thousands of times, saying, I'm going to vote for Trump. And I go, well, why don't you say that? Here's what happens. The left has made it so embarrassing, so awful to say you're voting for Trump or you like Trump or you're pro Trump, you're a racist, you're a xenophobe, you're a sexist, you're something, you're awful, whatever you are. But when you get in the voting booth, and you know this happens, when you get in the voting booth, you vote with your wallet. And what is better than Trump? What's the perception? Is Trump going to be better for your family and your family's economy going forward, or is Biden?
2: Clearly, the perception COVID is Trump is going to be better
9: because he has been better than Democrats. COVID is the only thing the Democrat, the left, had to hang their hat on. They were going into this thing getting trounced. They had an old octogenarian. some somebody an octogenarian by the time he, he left if he was president. They had nothing. They, they nominated Joe Biden, the, the most anti-diverse candidate they possibly could. So they didn't have that. The economy was ripping. They needed something. COVID happens from China, from China, and they're going to hang this on Trump. It's, it's insane. Uh, it, it was the only thing they had. No, I don't think COVID's going to be uh, a, a factor. It may be a factor to, to some, but you know what happened? I hate to say this, Bill. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, God rest her soul, she died at the right time. Well, for, it was for interesting Trump last night
0: that uh, Amy Coney Barrett disappeared in the first minute and a half of the debate, Biden obviously didn't want any part of that. I think the left knows that she will be confirmed, and that President Trump will benefit a bit from it. So you, Eric Bowling, tonight on the No Spin News, are predicting what a landslide for Donald Trump? What are you What are you predicting?
9: No, 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 no. And I did the math in 2016. I'll do it again. He needs. North Carolina. North Carolina, in my opinion, is going to be the state he has to win to win it. Because there are other paths, but it would not without North Carolina. Even without Pennsylvania, there's some northern paths that could happen. I think he needs to win that. I I, I believe, here's what I believe. I I think the Democrats threw him beside, well, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's passing, but the Democrats' response to Ruth Bader Ginsburg's passing and Amy Coney Coney Bear being seated, they threw Trump a lifeline. Here's what they did. They said, we're gonna stack the court. Now, that was the biggest foolish mistake they possibly could have said prior to the election. Because now, anyone who cares about the Supreme Court, single issue voters, are gonna come out and say, i don't want that to happen i like a nine member supreme court we have democrats now saying democrat attorneys general coming out saying nine member supreme court is what we want to to have going forward this is going to energize if you don't even like trump and you're you're conservative you don't like trump you're Uh, going to be energized to come out and make sure the senate at least turns for trump and some of the people who who pull the pull the lever for a republican senate are going to do it for the president too
0: All right, Bowling, we got you on tight, man. We'll have you right back. I have very you know, with high confidence, if you're wrong, Mr. O'Reilly. Or you mess up your hair, you know that. Okay, Eric Bowling, everybody, check him out on Sinclair. Thank you for
1: listening to the No Spin News Weekend Edition. To watch the full episodes of the No Spin News, visit BillO'Reilly.com and sign up to become a Premium or Concierge member. That's BillO'Reilly.com. Sign- the media has systematically lied to you.